Good evening, everybody. Let's all stand. So we'll start off with a word of prayer. Uh, Brother, uh, Brother Steve, would you open us with a prayer? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. We'll turn to hymn number 30. Hymn number 30, Nothing But the Blood.
Some times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now's the stake. Humbling your hearts to God, safe from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night.
Uh, we're going to be reading two verses to start off tonight. It'll be Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, and then John chapter 15. So if you turn your Bible to those passages, uh, Proverbs chapter 18 and John chapter 15. And while you guys are turning there, um, I have always been one who tries to admit when he's wrong. Uh, so I want to come before the whole church and um, apologize because I've talked a lot of smack about the Chiefs over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but my wife and I were watching the game on Sunday night, and for some reason, at the end of the night, we found ourselves screaming and cheering for the Chiefs. So I just want to apologize to the church. Uh, it was a pretty cool game, and we might be fans now. I'm, I'm not going to be too soon to, too quick to say that, but I want to say sorry for that. So, but it was a blast. <laughs> I, I, we were screaming, and I caught myself. I was like, what am I doing? What's wrong? What if somebody saw that? Uh, but but it, it, was, it was something else. So, uh, but anyway, we, we won't dwell on that too long. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18. If you go ahead and stand in the, for the uh, honor of reading God's word, Proverbs chapter 18. And we'll be reading a, a very popular verse, Proverbs 18, verse 24. It says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And then if uh, some of you found your place in John chapter 15, uh, we'll be reading verse 13. And if you didn't find your place there, it's okay. I'll just go ahead and read the verse. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Um, obviously, today's Valentine's Day, and I thought I was going to be heading towards more of a uh, Valentine's Day message, uh, but the Lord changed directions uh, as I was working on that message, and um, uh, we'll kind of see that towards uh, the end of the message there. Uh, but uh, I titled the, this message, uh, Way Better Than a Friendship, Friendship Bracelet. Yeah, Way Better Than a Friendship Bracelet. And uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that I get to preach. I just pray that uh, you uh, give me the words to say, Lord. Help me to say what you want me to say and help me not to say what you don't want me to say. I pray you be with us tonight. Keep us safe. You're going to pray. Amen. Man, you may be seated. Um, <clears throat> so long before there was Batman and Robin, uh, long before there was, uh, now I'm going to say a lot of names, and some of these, to be honest, I don't even know who they are, but Long before there was Batman and Robin, long before there was Calvin and Hobbes, long before there was Tom and Huck, Charlie Brown and Snoopy, Bert and Ernie, Wren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, there were two friends whose friendship was so strong, so loving, so loyal, so perfect, that it really became a standard for many friendships moving forward. Um, some of you remember uh, the Fresh Prince, uh, so long before there was the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, and long before there was Simba and Nala. Uh, there was two people in the Bible that their friendship really set the standard, and that's Jonathan and David. And like I said at the beginning of the message, I was really thinking I was going to be preaching something about has to do with love and, and, you know, and something along the lines of Valentine's Day. And, you know, what does a one-year married uh, man get to say to uh, couples that have been married a lot longer? Uh, I really, you know, didn't go that way. Uh, but the Lord led in a different direction here, and we're going to talk about friendship, something that's way better than a friendship bracelet. And uh, uh, their friendship was something that every single one of us, down deep inside, whether we admit it or not, uh, really longs for. Uh, we, uh, the, they were very close friends, and each one was devoted to one another. And before we proceed any further, the world may try and convince you 
Uh, Satan's trying to fill the world with lies that Jonathan and David's friendship, their relationship, was a lot more. Uh, they're trying to make it a perverted uh, uh, homosexual relationship. But that's, that's not what the Bible is talking about. So I want, I want us to get started on the right foot and say, uh, whenever the Bible tells us that Jonathan and, da- and David loved each other, it's not in the way that the world is trying to make it sound nowadays. Okay? It, it was just a friendship that they really showed true love to one another. But they were good friends. Uh, they probably uh, ended up acting a lot like each other. They absorbed each other's mannerisms from hanging around with each other so much. They probably uh, maybe got each other's inside jokes better than nobody else. Uh, they, they, they were probably just as comfortable sitting in silence together as laughing out loud. They were good friends. And that's down deep inside, whether we admit it or not, that's the kind of relationship every single one of us wants. We want to have that bond with somebody. And praise the Lord for our spouses uh, but God has given us the, the desire for, for friendships even outside of our, of our marriage relationship with, uh, with, with different friends that God brings into our life. We want friends who are going to laugh with us and cry with us. We want friends who know our faults and love us anyways. We want friends who will accept us and understand us and challenge us and stick by us. Um, and the older we get, the, the more we invest into those friendships, the more we want them. It's rare and it's priceless to have a a friendship like Jonathan and David shared. So, how do we find a friend like Jonathan, you could say? That's the kind of friend we want. When you read the account of Jonathan and David, you say, man, I want a friend like Jonathan. So how do you find a friend like Jonathan? Well, I think a good place to start, like the Bible tells us, is maybe we should act like a Jonathan. Maybe we should have the same heart that Jonathan had. It's hard to have a friend like Jonathan. After all, uh, Jonathan was a prince, right? He was a prince. He was an heir to the throne. He was the, king, the son of King Saul, and his best friend was David. He wasn't the son of royalty by any means. He was the son of, of Jesse, the shepherd. And there isn't any princess left that I know of that I can be close friends with like Jonathan, but there, there, there's, still, there's still access to those friendships that God has given every single one of us in our lives. So if you really want to have a relationship like Jonathan and David shared, if you really want to find a friend like Jonathan, then I think we need to cultivate a heart like Jonathan had. You probably heard that old saying that if you want to have a friend, you have to be a friend. So, if you want to have a friend like Jonathan, you ought to be a friend like Jonathan. And that's what I'll be preaching about tonight is something that's a lot better than a friendship bracelet. Something from the life of Jonathan and David that we can apply to our lives practically and we can be a friend like Jonathan was to David. Let's, let's, take, a look, let's take a look at the account of Jonathan and David. You want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20. That's where we'll be the, first, uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the night. 1 Samuel chapter 20. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. I'm going to start reading for the, for the sake of time. It says, And David fled from Naoth and Ramah, and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father, that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, again, 1 Samuel chapter 20. I'm in verse number 2 now. And he said unto him, God forbid that thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me if it is not so? And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he said, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. The first thing that we see, the first characteristic uh, that we must develop to have a heart like Jonathan is loyalty. 
Jonathan, in, this, in these few verses, we see that, that Jonathan decided in this moment to be loyal to his friend David. And this loyalty was, uh, was something dangerous to do for Jonathan. You say, you say why? Well, uh, again, we talked about Jonathan was the next prince, uh, the next heir to the throne of Israel. And we understand that God was going to rip the throne away from Saul's family. And we understand that was in the works. David was God's anointed. But to, to Jonathan, uh, this was something that he was putting up on the line. He was, he was the next heir to the throne. And not only that, but he got to experience certain privileges of being the king's son, the, the prince of, of Israel, you could say, the prince of the kingdom. And Jonathan, um, wanting to be loyal to his friend, was willing to make the decision, the commitment, to be loyal to his friend David, even if it meant him losing out on those certain privileges. Not only that, but uh, obviously we know back in the day, and especially Saul being the crazy man he was at this point in life, um, Jonathan subjected himself possibly to maybe facing the same punishments that anybody else would whenever they opposed the will of the king. Not only was Jonathan putting his, his you could say, luxuries on the line, his future on the line when he was loyal to King David, but he was also putting his own safety, his own life on the line in order to be loyal to his friend David. He was going against his own father's will to be loyal to David. He was a loyal friend. So I'm just going to, uh, we're going to be flying through this. I'm going to start applying it right away. So l- let me ask you, what, what, what does the loyalty to your friends, to your relationships look like in your life? If we were able to, to measure, uh, to get a temperature, you could say, on, on, on your loyalty to your friends, the relationships you've built, would it, w- if we were to put down a thermometer, you could say, would that read um, icy cold or would it be boiling? Jonathan put up a lot on the line to be loyal to his friend. And yes, you might not be giving up a kingdom on your life uh, to be loyal to somebody, but what you are putting up is maybe comfort, is maybe popularity, inclusion from the popular group, inclusion from the people that you wish you could be friends with. You're putting, you, can, you put up your own comforts on the line whenever you choose to be loyal to a friend, somebody that God has placed in your life. He was loyal to his friend. Uh, he, you, maybe you put up your own reputation being, being loyal to somebody that nobody else seems to like. The, the odd one out. Uh, that's, a lot of, that's your reputation line, being friends with the one that's the odd one out. <clears throat> and Jonathan also decided to be loyal to his friend, even if his own father wasn't for him, even if Saul wasn't for David. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a weird place to be at whenever the person you try to be loyal to, the, 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 the friendships you're loyal to, even your own family won't, won't be friends with, or maybe even this, we apply it even more specifically. It's a, little different, it's a little difficult to be loyal to a friend whenever other church members won't be friends with them. Is it not? It takes loyalty. And Jonathan decided here and there to be loyal to his friend David, regardless of the consequences, regardless if he was, if he was accepted or not, regardless if his dad approved of it or not. He was the loyal friend. That's something that we have to develop. Uh, that's the kind of heart we have to develop towards the friendships God has given us in our lives. He was loyal. Here's another thing I want to point out, is that King uh, Jonathan was loyal to, to his friend David, um, but he was loyal in the way that anything, that anything that Jonathan could do for David for was for David's own good. And the reason I want to bring up this point is as many people believe that you're being a good, loyal friend if you cover up your friend's sin. And you're, and you're loyal to your friend even if they're doing wrong. But that's not what true loyalty is. 
Loyalty to a friend is whenever you do what the best, whatever is the best for your friend. So covering up sin for your friend, or, or covering up them doing wrong, or, or turning the, a blind eye to something that they shouldn't be doing is not true loyalty, because at the end it'll just harm them. No, everything Jonathan did was for David's own good. It was for David's health. It was, it was something that benefited David. It wasn't going to tear him down. No, Jonathan was a true loyal friend. And I, I, I know this is, maybe this would be directed more to teenagers, but it can apply to adults as well. But don't, don't fall for the lie that uh, a true loyal friend isn't going to snitch. No, a true loyal friend is going to do what's best for you. And sometimes that includes having hard conversations one-on-one with your friend that you know they shouldn't be doing certain things. And maybe that might include... Uh, reporting something to somebody, to an authority or a parent. That way your, your, your friend doesn't walk down the same path of sin that they've been walking down on. No, being a loyal friend doesn't mean covering up the sin of your friend. No, being a loyal friend means what? Doing what is best for your friend. Even if nobody else in church seems to, even if no other coworkers seem to be standing up for them, even if your own family is against you for being loyal to that friend. No, we have to be loyal. Jonathan was a loyal friend to David. I said I was going to be flying through this, and I'm not kidding. Here's the second thing, verses 5 through 17, it says, And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meat. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field into the third day at even. If my father is at all miss me, then say, David earnestly ask leave of me, that he might, might, he might turn, run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. I'm going to skip for the sake of time. Uh, we're going to be coming up to verse 17, it says, and Jonathan caused David uh, to swear again, verse 17, because he loved him. For he loved him as he loved his own soul. So not only was Jonathan a loyal friend to David, another, another uh, characteristic that of, of the heart that Jonathan had towards his dear friend David was his love for him. Jonathan loved David. And again, I said, it's not the, the sick, twisted way that the world wants to uh, lie to people about. No, it, it, it was a good biblical love that Jonathan had for David. It said that Jonathan loved him as he loved his own soul. I don't know about you, but I love myself. I love myself. I remember um, whenever um, uh, it was just my mom and, and us siblings, all three of us, right? We were uh, just some stuff had just happened, divorce had just happened, um, and we, it was just us. We were, we were fi- trying to get on our feet, right? Um, and a single mom trying to get a job and raise us and homeschool us at the same time uh, was a little difficult. I would have been uh, probably 12 at the time. My sister would have been 10. We were, we were young kids, and she was trying to get a job to feed us all. Um, and uh, we, we would, we, some, I remember very many nights. I didn't, I didn't catch on until later on. And it, it almost brings a tear to my eye, but it's just a picture of love, a love that parents have for their kids. Uh, many times we'd be eating dinner at night, and uh, uh, we'd be eating food, and I, I, I wanted more pizza than my, uh, than, than my siblings. I saw there was one pizza left, so I'd eat my pizza as fast as I could so I can get the last slice of pizza before my brother could get it. And my brother, my sister, and I were fighting for the slices of pizza. I mean, I, we, I guess we were just we were trying to feed ourselves as, to get as big as we can, maybe. Maybe my mom was hoping we'd go pro or something and get us out of the hood, but that didn't work out. Um, but um, we were fighting for pizza slices, right? Trying to eat the last, my slices of pizza first so I can get the last slice of pizza. And I, I realized looking back the whole time, my mom was just not eating. And I'd ask her if she was going to have pizza, and she said, no, I'm not hungry tonight. And do you think that was true? No. What that was was my mom putting our needs, loving us as much as she loves herself, if not more. That's love. 
That's what Jonathan did for David. You see, Jonathan loved David to a point where he put the needs, the emotions, the feelings of David at the same level as his. And I know for some, you know, we say we're supposed to put others' needs before our own. But honestly, just putting, loving others at the same level that we love ourselves is a huge deal, is it not? Because we love ourselves. I know Pastor has mentioned this a couple times in his previous messages, but, but it's, a very important, uh, uh, it's a very important statement, a very powerful statement that the Bible tells us that Jonathan loved David as he loved his own soul. Jonathan placed the needs of his friend at the same level as his own. He, he loved him so much that, that he, he, he considered him, uh, his needs, his emotions, everything he needed at the same level as his own. And that's, man, that's selfless. That is a selfless love right there. Jonathan was a loyal friend, and, and Jonathan had love for his dear friend David. He really loved him. So if we want to have a heart like Jonathan, we'll have to be loyal, and we have to really show true love to our friendships, to our friends. There's another characteristic uh, in verses 18 uh, through 41. Well, we'll just skip over to verse 41. It's a long pas- passage to read, but let's just skip over to verse, uh, verse 40. Okay, we'll start reading that here in a minute. Um, just to kind of give us a rundown of what's happening in this passage. Uh, Jonathan made a covenant with David, and, and they made a plan. Uh, Saul's trying to kill David, and Jonathan wants to spare the life of David, so they come up with a plan where David will go out and hide a certain distance in the field, and Jonathan's kind of get a feel out how his dad feels towards David, and uh, they came up with a system where if he were to shoot arrows uh, at a certain position, uh, then that means he's safe, but if he were to shoot him in another position, that means... His life was in danger, and he should run. And it comes to pass that uh, Saul is still angry. He wants to kill King David. Remember, King Saul is still a very jealous and angry king, and he's still seeking the life of David. And his dear friend Jonathan, wanting to spare his life, the life of his dear friend, uh, agrees to, to help his friend out, to help his friend escape. And we see that, uh, we're not going to read it, but turns out King Saul is still upset. He's still mad. Jonathan goes out and he shoots the arrows like they talked about. And David gets the message. King Saul, King Saul is still out to get me. I, I, I need to flee for my life. And his dear friend Jonathan just spared his life. It says in verse 40, And Jonathan gave his artillery unto his lad and said unto him, Go, carry them to the city. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one with another until David exceeded. We see in verse 35 through verse 40 that Jonathan goes through and, and he spares the life of David. So what, what, what's the characteristic of friendship we see here? Well, not only was Jonathan loyal, not only did Jonathan show true love to his dear friend David, but Jonathan's love and loyalty led him to take action. It's one thing to say, I love you, man. I'm praying for you, man. If you need anything at all, you just let me know. That's really easy to say, is it not? Until you get the text, or the call, or they ask you, they take you up on the offer for help. Many times it's easy to just say things, and not actually go through with them. Especially in this context, is it not? But not for Jonathan. Jonathan was loyal, he decided to be loyal, he loved David, and both of these love and loyalty led him to take action. He, he took deliberate action to show love to his friend. He, 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 it wasn't enough for him just to say it, it wasn't enough to think it, it wasn't enough for him to text it. It wasn't enough for him to say that in the letter. No, he took action. He backed it up with action. You know what a true mark of friendship is? You know what the heart that Jonathan had? Was a a heart of loyalty, a heart of love, 
a heart that led him to take action for his good friend David. What a beautiful friendship this is. It's a friendship every single one of us wants. And remember what I said earlier, in doing this, the second that Jonathan shot those arrows, he sealed his fate. Could you imagine with me the thoughts that were going through his mind as he was releasing those arrows? He didn't know how mad his dad was going to be. He didn't know what he would have to give up for helping his friend David. He didn't know if he would spend time in prison. He didn't know if his dad was going to even take his own life for what he's doing. But in that moment, Jonathan showed love and loyalty to his friend, and he backed it up with his actions. And these are three things that you've, you already knew, right? I could have just mentioned these three things you had said, yeah, I know that's what a friend does, obviously, duh, right? So, so why even labor through all this? Well, there's one more aspect that I think that, that, that I want to dwell on a little bit, and I think that's the application that maybe God wants us to go home with tonight, because I'm praying a lot about it, and... Uh, I just think, I think it's, it's found in verses 41 and 42. It says, And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times, and they kissed one another and wept one another until David exceeded. Verse 42, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. I just talked about three characteristics of true friendship. Of what love between two real friends looks like. So, so what's the truth here? Uh, how do I want to apply this to, to us tonight? Sitting here, Wednesday night, Valentine's Day night, in Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. Like I said, I, I thought I was going to go towards a, a lovey-dovey a couple relationship message, but it just wasn't so. Or maybe you could say, um, it's also important to talk about how the love that we have uh, towards the lost people, we should go out and share the gospel with them. And I, I, think, I think love between a married couple and love to go out and share the gospel with people are very important things to talk about. And they're both things that maybe could be, that are lacking, that we need to preach about. But I think this is also very important. So, so, so what is it? Well, in, this, in these verses, we see that David and Jonathan were linked by something. Uh, their friendship, you could say, was grounded in something. And what was that? It was in the Lord. We see that in verse 42. It says, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee. You know what their friendship was based on? You know what the foundation of their friendship, of their love between one another was based on? Was the Lord. You could say this. They were connected under one common faith. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I want us to look around the room. Okay, we just talked about some topics, characteristics of what true friendship looks like. Okay, and we'd say, of course, that's what it looks like. And yeah, we're supposed to love lost sinners, and married couples are supposed to love each other. A husband and a wife are supposed to love each other unconditionally. We get that. But what about the church? Uh, it's funny that Pastor just preached about this on Wednesday, and I was actually working on this message since last week, uh, but just the way the Lord works things out. I, I think it's good to look around the room and you realize that one thing that links us all together, the reason that all of us are sitting here in this room tonight is because we share a common faith, is because we all came to, to, to ask Jesus Christ to save us from our sins, and we knew we had to grow, and we knew we had to be grounded in the Word of God, and we knew we had to come together with His people where He led us to, to, to serve Him and to be a light to, to, a, to a dark, dark, sinful world. 
Do you realize that he brought you here for a reason? And that every single person sitting across the room from you, in front of you, behind you, me with all of you guys, we're, we're, we're all brought together by one thing. It's our faith. The faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you think that God brought you here by accident? And do you think that you just somehow ended up here? No, God brought you here to this church on purpose. God had you move your family across states to Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple on purpose. God has you staying here for a reason. And yes, the Bible tells us part of that reason is to share the gospel with the lost and dying world. But let me tell you something. There's another reason for that. And that's because it's a dark, sinful, lonely world out there. And God knew that we needed friendships. And we needed relationships with each other. And you realize that God brought you to this church so you can have friendships and relationships with those sitting across the room from you? And many times, we focus on the lost, and it's so important to focus on the lost. I don't want you to think I'm minimizing that. Or we focus on other relationships outside of church because you say, you know what? Man, I just know those church people so well, and I know, you don't know what, you, I know what they've done, and you don't, know what, you don't know what they've done. Oh, let me just sit down and tell you. And many times, we just get fed up with people in church, and we go outside of church and look for friendships for our best friend outside of church, and God's saying, no, I brought you here for a reason. The reason Jonathan and David's friendship was so powerful was because God was in the middle of it, was because the Lord brought them together. That's why their friendship was such a beautiful friendship. Yes, Jonathan was loyal, and he loved his friend above his own um, needs and wants. And yes, he led him to action, but at the center of it all was the Lord Jesus Christ, was God. And looking around the room, it's people that brought, God has brought into your life for a reason, for you to cultivate those relationships with, for you to cultivate those friendships with. We know in the New Testament that the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked, right? And yes, that's super important to apply to a marriage relationship, but it, that, that application goes way beyond that. It even goes to your friendships. The Bible tells us that you can't be unequally yoked with someone in the world. Uh, the light and darkness can't get along. And <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I'm a little oblivious to a lot of things, okay? I'm not a smart guy. Some of you are shaking your heads, and I don't know why. Okay? But I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a smart guy. I'm a little oblivious to things, okay? And one of the things I'm oblivious to is drama, okay? Uh, there could be people fighting, and I have zero clue about it. In fact, many times, I'll be in the middle of something, and I'll say something stupid, and later my wife pulls me aside and said, what are you doing? You idiot. That was the worst time to say that. I'm oblivious to these kinds of things. But I will say this, okay? Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple is one of the most loving, um, I guess, family-feeling churches, probably the most, actually, that I've ever been a part of. I grew up in a great home church, and I, I went to a great church uh, at college. But the second we came here to Canada, and the second that we were here at our first service, let me tell you, it felt like family. And I loved that. And that was one of the things that God used to lead us here. It's amazing. But I would be dumb to say that drama doesn't happen even in our loving, family-oriented church. It'd be dumb for me to say that, that, that there isn't people sitting in this room who are at odds with each other. Okay, and the reason I say I'm oblivious is because I really don't know if there's stuff going on or not. It's just something the Lord laid on my heart to preach about. Okay, it'd be dumb for me to say that this church is perfect and this message is for other churches around the world. No, God has this for us. And maybe for some it's a reminder, maybe for some it's a challenge that yes, we're supposed to love the world, we're supposed to love our spouses, but we're also supposed to be having the same heart that Jonathan had for David with people across the room from you, with other church members that are sitting across the room from you. And yeah, you might have not seen eye to eye on certain things. And yes, there might have been some mishaps here and there. David wasn't perfect, neither was Jonathan. But let me tell you what, nothing was going to change their friendship. 
Why? Because they kept God at the center of it. Because God is what held them together. And maybe the whole purpose of this message is just as a reminder for some and a challenge for some. Stop looking for those friendships outside of the church. God has brought you here for a reason. And part of that reason is the friendships that you can form here, inside these walls, inside of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. Because why? Because you're not to be unequally yoked, and because God's supposed to be the foundation of it. Because you share the same faith with those sitting across the pew from you. That's why. <clears throat> and you say, well, Lalo, you're 24 years old. I've literally been married twice as long as you've been alive. Okay, what do you know about stuff? You don't understand the stuff people have done to me. You, know, you don't know how, how I used to be close with this person and the, the things that happened in that relationship. It's impossible for us to be friends again. Well, I will tell you this. You're right. A lot of people in this room have a lot more life experience than I do. I'm not going to say that I know things, but I will say this. Um, my family has been hurt. My family has been backstabbed. My family has been wrongly accused of things. But let me tell you what. There's some in my family who held on to that bitterness, who didn't seek to mend that friendship and that relationship. They're out of church. But there's some in my family who said, you know what? I'm going to have a heart like Jonathan. I'm going to be a true friend to those, even if they're not a true friend to me. And praise the Lord that God has still been able to use us. And I don't know what, what, maybe what, who this message was, was intended for. I believe it was intended for every single person in this room. First off, are you being a friend like Jonathan was to David? It's something we have to work on every single day. I pray that God uses me in the life of these teenagers and even in the life as well, people, young couples my age and, and people that I'm being friends with, uh, the men in the church that I'm getting closer to um, every week, every day. I want to be a friend like Jonathan was to David, to every single one of you. And maybe for some, it may be this. I need to fix some relationships. I, I, there was a time that we were just like Jonathan and David and we were like this, but through circumstances, we're not like that anymore. Well, let me tell you what. God still wants to be the center of your relationship, and God still wants you guys to come together and love each other like Jonathan and David did. Like I said, for some it might be a challenge, for some it might be a reminder. But let me ask you this. If we were to gauge your friendship level, you could say, okay? If we were to gauge, if we were to say, man, this is what, what, what a true loving friendship looks like. Is that what your relationships look like? Is that what your friendships look like? Or is there some work that needs to be done? And if you say, man, everything's going good, praise the Lord, I have some great friends, we'll keep on growing that relationship with them. Like I said, it's a dark, crazy, sinful world out there, is it not? Outside the safety of these walls, you don't know who to trust. Uh, there's people who are still in bondage to sin, and it's dangerous, right? You get hurt left and right, but let me tell you what, praise the Lord for friends that he's given my wife and I already sitting in this room. We love being here. And man... I'm excited to see the friendships that God's going to cultivate with people sitting in this room. We're excited for it. But I pray every day, God, help me to be a friend like Jonathan was to David. And if I want friends like Jonathan, then I need to be a Jonathan. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for the simple reminder, Lord. Uh, I know it's Valentine's Day, but there's just sometimes you just want things to be preached about and talked about, Lord. I just pray you uh, continue helping this church, Lord, our home church, to be um, the loving, family-oriented church that it already is, Lord. And I pray that if Satan or anything tries to get in between of any friendships in this room, Lord, that, that you, you remind him, Lord, that you're the center of the friendship and that um, they are to be uh, loving each other the way Jonathan loved David. May we have some beautiful friendships, Lord, that point others towards you, God. 
that show others your love and your glory. Thank you for everything, Lord. Be with the rest of the service and be with the prayer requests. Brother Benson comes up. You're going to be pray. Amen. Brother Benson's going to come do prayer requests now.